Hey, hey, you guys. Stan Larimer wants to make you an offer you can't refuse. Hey, they don't call him the godfather of bit shares for nothing. We got him here on the show today, and you're going to listen. See? Hey, you mugs also ask us a bunch of questions, and we'll answer them for you. But there may come a day where we shall call upon you for a favor, and that day may never come. But for now, we're going to gather around as one big family for episode number 64 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. Forget about it. You, you you do know the reference from The Godfather, right? Uh, no, I've actually never seen The Godfather. Okay, this show is over. <laughs> Travis is going to go watch The Godfather right now. I've heard the references, though. Nick, you know, if you can't refuse. Uh, yeah. That's good. How have you lived your whole life and not seen The Godfather, Travis? Dude, I don't watch a whole lot of movies, man. I spend my time researching the cryptos and... Uh, <laughs> I don't watch even movies. back in the seventies when the Godfather was out. Travis was a futurist. I was like, "Oh my god, I, you got to get into this bit share stuff, dude! It's going to be great in the future." He was checking out Mafia Coin. <laughs> Welcome, friends, to the Bad Crypto Podcast. Now heard in one hundred and eighty-three countries. We're still working on Kim Jong uh, to welcome us into North Korea, but because you know, once he goes bad, he'll never go back. Travis, is that how it works? That's, That's good what I've That's heard. I'm actually working on an Excel document comparing all the countries in the world to the ones that we don't have. And we actually have some that are not included in actual countries. So it should be interesting to see how many actual countries. I'm about halfway done through it. But I've noticed there's several in Africa. There's all kinds of bunch of little islands in uh, the Caribbean that have not listened. Kind of small countries. And uh, there's some countries over there. Well, North North Korea obviously hasn't listened. Uh, so there's, I'm compiling all the ones that have not listened, and then we will start uh, checking them off. You know what I say about Africa? I uh, I bless the rains there. I you do. bless the rains down in Africa. Yeah, down good. in Africa, yeah. It's going to take some. That's a Toto reference. I know that. To do the things I never had. Anyway, Joel, come here. Travis, right there, and our show sponsor this month, of course, it's the Zilla app. And again, I, you know, I need to write a bossa to see if the beta is out yet. But he's been talking about releasing the beta app. Maybe one of y'all can let us know if it's in the Apple App Store. The um, page for the um, app is zla.io forward slash bad and of course this is where you're going to be able to check out new icos it's a marketplace app so you can vote them up you can vote them down and where allowable allowable by law um uh, i'm a fabulous <laughs> mush mouth it's you you do get that reference right yeah you know at first it sounded like a muppet but then i thought wait that's a fat albert character <laughs> okay i'm not going to do a muppet Although I could, I did, I'm not I did, going to. I mean, when you listen to this, you're going to be like, yeah, you know, that did kind of sound like a Muppet. Yeah. Why are there so many <laughs> songs about rainbows? Wow. Um, this train's not even going to get on the rails. It's so far off. Anyway, the wallet functionality should be available soon in the Zilla app, zla.io forward slash bad. And, you know, I think we better get to some content real quick or we're going to lose our audience. 
at crypto inbox. You got mail. All right. Uh, Carol Lee, she writes via email. She's been listening to our show since the inception. Thank you for that. And she's one of those rare women who are interested in the new technology. She's done a bunch of research on her own to understand the cryptos and the blockchains. And no matter how much she learns, it seems like it's never enough. And uh, I'm sure you guys feel the same. She said that is true. We do feel the same. It seems like the more we know, the less we actually know. So we're still we're still learning. So her comment is about the crazy media attention that Bitcoin has been receiving over the last 10 days. Uh, is it ready for the spotlight with the blockchain at capacity, lack of consensus in the community, wallet apps and exchanges with awful UX UI experiences uh, with the exception of Coinbase and the complete lack of well-executed marketing PR campaigns? I can't help but think our beloved Bitcoin is like the prom queen who is still upstairs in her bra and panties while her date is knocking on the door. Thanks for making my three-hour commute in Metro Atlanta more interesting. Uh, Joel, you should really put on more clothes. Yeah, and thanks for making that um, letter interesting. We appreciate the uh, the visuals there. You know, I was actually talking about this with uh, another friend. Just uh, it was either earlier today or last night. I don't know. They all blur together, but you know, people are investing in Bitcoin, and of course, the market has blown up like crazy. In fact, as of this recording right now, the market cap of Bitcoin is three hundred almost three hundred twenty eight billion, and the total crypto market cap is just three billion and change away from six hundred billion on the whole thing. Well, there's a lot of people speculating, but let's face it, the actual implementation and execution, real world use of crypto isn't quite there yet. So this is this reminds me of people investing in tech companies really early on when you knew that there would not be a profit for years to come. And so, uh, you know, she's not wrong. I don't think she's wrong at all. I mean, you and I have had this conversation multiple times where it really feels like the crypto space in some ways is like trying to figure out MS-DOS, right? And because there's the, the lack of the UI, user experience and interface is it creates a problem. I, I was talking to a pretty sophisticated friend of mine in the crypto space, and he was having a horrible time trying to figure out MetaMask and Ether Delta. I mean, he's a really smart guy, right? And so that's a that's a challenge. I mean, for one, you have to be really intelligent at this point to be able to figure out some of those nuances just because the user experience uh, and the interfaces aren't that great. I mean, you know, here's the deal. Uh, I'm a pretty smart guy, and the IOTA app is still confusing me, and I still haven't gotten those 1,700 IOTAs figured out. So, I mean, that's one of those things is that not only are we going to have some challenges along the way, there's going to probably be some coins lost along the way because we are pioneers, really, all of us who are on this bad crypto journey here in bad cryptopia. Uh, we are on a journey and those pioneers tend to get some arrows in the back along the way. Uh, hopefully you guys can remain relatively unscathed, uh, but you know, try not to stress too much about it. It is just magical internet money. So <laughs> if you lose it, hopefully it's not the end of the world. Bad crypto voicemail. You have one new message. Hey guys, good morning. Another guy who doesn't know what he's talking about from Venezuela living in the exile, just like you. Uh, last show, you guys were talking about Venezuela and the Petro crypto. Well, that's what I can tell you from the little I know. These guys are going to take this token. They're going to fill it up with government assets, money. Forget about the gold, forget about the diamonds, forget about the, 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 the oil. That's worthless because they don't have any diamonds, they don't have any gold, and the oil that they have 
they have to sell it out. They have to send it out to the U.S., mostly to convert it into U.S. dollars. So I can see these tokens as being converted from the money that they get into cryptocurrency so that they can easily move it into Bitcoin or something else uh, by legally, within their state, within their gun, making it a phenomenal way to to convert their, their, their U.S.-made dollars into crypto uh, without having to explain that they are buying Bitcoins or something else. So, yeah, sadly, I'll stay away from that. Uh, I'll ask everybody to stay away from that. Those suckers really screwed up the whole country. Hey, Joel. Hey, Travis. It's Joe here in China. So uh, I was thinking, you know, since I have all this awesome bad coin and you know i want to have as much as i can because you know i think it's my number one coin now i'm hoping that it you know since it's so low that uh you know with all the people listening to the podcast because you know everybody watches the stuff they'll go up so i'm thinking that maybe you know you create your own bad coin wallet or your even your bad coin vault for all of it because it will be so precious and then also thinking maybe a commemorative physical bad coin, you know, maybe made out of the cheapest plastic or maybe like a pog kind of like material. Yeah. So anyway, stay bad. Thanks a lot. Joe, we have talked about a good many things about how to uh, make the bad coin experience more interesting and exciting for hodlers and uh, no decisions as of yet. But we promise that you guys will be the first ones to know. And whatever we do, we can assure you it will be bad. T, uh, TH writes via email, hello to the baddest podcast producers. I finally got my BitShares account, so you can please show me some bad love. You guys are fun to listen to, and after I started listening to you almost a month ago, I invested some money that was just sitting around on Ethereum and Litecoin, and I'm enjoying the current wave. Strategy is to hodl. Thank you guys for what you're doing. I am bad. Well, as you should be. So thank you, TH, for writing, and thanks to all of you who send us back your bad love. Maybe that'll be our reality show, bad. Travis. Tainted bad love. love. Call us. <laughs> it doesn't get any more tainted than, than bad love from Bad Crypto. Our phone number for the Bad Crypto hotline is 708-885-9030, and you can call us there. Write us at badcryptopodcast at gmail.com or just go to the website at Bad Crypto Podcast and uh, click the contact Joel and Travis link. We actually do read all of those personally. We uh, we're, we're trying to add minions to um, you know to the podcast here that help us out with various things, but we do see all those. Oh, Travis, I want don't to touch me, I please. I cannot stand the way you tea. Oh, sorry, my bad. My bad. This show is just full of references today, isn't it? Um, I want to give a shout out to uh, um, a couple guys here. Somebody told me that they heard about us on another show, and it was the Listen Money Matters show with Andrew Feibert and Thomas Frank. Um, and they're just right there, right, right near us in the investing category. And these guys talk mm -hmm. about all things investing. But I listened to their episode today on the Newbie's Guide to Bitcoin in the Cryptocurrency Market, and they did a really good job. In fact, I think they might have done a better job. Uh, well, one of them was doing the explaining. I think it was Andrew that was doing the explaining, and Thomas, that's kind of a little bit of the naysayer. 
And Andrew explained it really well. Anyway, I sent those guys an email today because I think we should do a mashup with them. Hey, thanks for thanks for autonomously making decisions for us, Mr. Joel Com. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it would be super fun for us to record a show together and then split it in half. And we put half of it on their podcast and half of it on ours and introduce each other's audience because I think they did a really good job and I would love to uh, to play like that. So now that we've officially put this, the throwdown here in the show, you know, how do they say no? I don't know. I, I haven't heard any of this that you're referencing yet. So I'm flying blind, Mr. Joe Com, but I trust you <laughs> mostly. Jesus is my co-pilot, so we'll get there. <laughs> Actually, I'm the one sitting in the back seat. He's doing the flying. Uh, so no news today, gang, because our feature segment is a bit longer than they usually are. We had the opportunity to interview Stan Larimer who is the godfather of BitShares, was there in the, you know, the beginning back in 2012 or 13 when this project kicked off. And uh, full disclosure, I've actually owned some uh, a stake in, in BitShares. I, I don't know, stake in, there's no company BitShares. They're as decentralized as you can get. But I own some BitShares in my wallet. Travis does as well. And uh, this is somebody we wanted to talk to for a while because this is the platform that Badcoin is built up. Yeah. And, you know, what's interesting about Stan Larimer, his son, Dan Larimer, because that is his dad, um, They he invented, you know, BitShares. He's also invented Steam. And then Dan also is now rolling out EOS, which is interesting. One thing I one one question I wish I had asked Stan actually was was why didn't uh you know why wasn't BitShares actually evolved into eos why did he have to go and create a new one because uh, i was listening to some comments of some people talking about dan larimer and they're like he's a really smart guy but he works on a project and then he leaves it and goes and works on some other new project why doesn't he just build one out into one big one why why isn't BitShares become eos but i guess BitShares will eventually use eos but it was a really interesting interview i think stan is uh is an awesome dude, and uh, what they're working on is, is some pretty cool stuff over there. Let's talk to Stan. Yes, we can. Mr. Travis Wright, we are privileged to have with us today a special guest who is known as the godfather of BitShares. He's, he's, he's going to make us an offer we can't refuse. <laughs> Mr. With the Fishes. His name is Stan. Accent there, Joel. <laughs> yeah, Luca Brazzi sleeps with the fishes. His name is Stan Larimer. He's uh, he, he's part of the father son duo of the Larimers, Stan and Dan. And uh, you said you're a fan. I am a fan of Stan the man. And Dan, yes. <laughs> Stan, welcome to the, uh, the the vortex here at the Bad Crypto Podcast. How you doing? Hey, fantastic! Great to be here. We are glad you have joined us. And, you know, I want to jump right in because many of our listeners know that in order to get the token that we've created, which is a bad coin, which is a completely worthless token that we shower down like snow falling, you know, from the sky to anybody who asks, it's built upon the BitShares platform. So let's just jump in and, and let's assume people know absolutely nothing, which is kind of me and Travis most of the time. What is BitShares? And, uh, and, and explain the technology. Okay. Well, BitShares is a smart coin factory decentralized exchange. And BadCoin, by virtue of writing on top of that, is 
one of the fastest coins in the world. And so you can be among the fast coins of the world, uh, three-second transmission times, by simply issuing your coin on top of the BitShares platform. Maybe we're not so bad after all, Travis. Pretty, maybe, maybe bad coin isn't so bad. It's pretty decent. Pretty decent, in fact. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> yeah, you should, decent coin. You should call it fast bad coin. <laughs> fast coin. Well, maybe we'll do a fork. We'll fork bad coin. <laughs> the world needs more forks for sure. Now, I, I have a, I have a question because so I've been monitoring this site called Blocktivity, and Blocktivity is basically a site that shows the real value of blockchains. It's showing you know the the activity with within all of the various different blockchains. So it shows the capacity utilization. Uh, So it basically will show like the the capacity of that blockchain on a daily basis. And like, for example, I'm looking at it right now. Ethereum has had 926,000 transactions in the last 24 hours. It's at 100% blockchain capacity. There's about 16,000 unconfirmed transactions sitting there right now. For example, uh, Bitcoin is at 100% blockchain capacity. It's got 126,000 unconfirmed transactions. Number two is Steam. It has done 851,000 transactions today, and it's using 0.3 of 1% of its capacity. BitShares has done 321,000 transactions in the last 24 hours, and it's at 0.11% percent less than one percent of its total capacity how is this and i know that that eos is is coming up as well it's going to have even greater scale and capabilities how is BitShares and steam able to have so many transactions but not even put a dent in its network well because we got rid of mining uh interesting if you look at uh top three currencies on there that you mentioned four of them the fifth one would be a clone of steam called golos Steam, Golos, and BitShares collectively process over half of the industry's transactions on a daily basis. And if you look at the uh, records, you'll see that both Steam and BitShares hold records that are more than a million transactions a day. Uh, so they sit at the very pinnacle. What it means as a practical matter is that the two saturated chains aren't going to go much higher than the numbers you see today. They might go lower, uh, but you know they're sort of hitting a glass ceiling. And uh, boy, that's inconvenient for all the companies that have built on top of those those two leaders in, in market cap, because that means that there's really no room for them in the end. Well, this is not a new thing. BitShares has been around for a while, right? Didn't you get started with uh, with your son, Dan, in what, 2013? Yeah, we've been around all that time. Uh, we actually published Bitcoin and the Three Laws of Robotics that described the decentralized autonomous company, where we said that, uh, why what just a coin on there? Think of Bitcoin as a company that does one thing, keep track of who owns Bitcoin, and that gives it some value, uh, obviously, <laughs> much, much, much value. But uh we said, why can't you put a whole company on there? Why can't you put a smart coin factory and a decentralized exchange and have all the benefits of decentralization and no middleman for something much bigger? So, yeah, we started clear back then. Uh, Vitalik uh, Buterin, about a week after I published that uh, Bitcoin and the Three Laws of Robotics, came out and did a three-page or three-part series articles describing how he would generalize that to a a decentralized autonomous organization, and uh, introduced the idea of Ethereum. 
And so we were off to the races. Uh, we got Bitcoin deployed or BitShares deployed about a year ahead of Ethereum, but Ethereum did a much better job of uh, marketing and networking. And so they really took off. But uh, now we're coming around for round two where Ethereum is up against the wall on uh, performance and uh, we haven't even begun to peg our sweatometer yet. That's because you don't have any crypto kitties on your your blockchain. <laughs> um, there, <laughs> the kitties, cats are, are the end of the world. So, you know, the second part of that question that I'm looking here, and for a long time, uh, BitShares sat at oh, like half of a penny. Um, in U.S. dollars, and then it shot up um, in uh, the summer to, I don't know, about 46 cents, and then came back down to about 5 cents, and now it's on a run, uh, currently, as of this recording, sitting at 28 cents. Why? Was it all marketing? Is that why it's taken so long for people to become aware of this platform? Uh, yeah, you know, it takes a while to find your niche. Uh, it didn't help, but uh, Dan went to uh, the Beyond Bitcoin or Inside Bitcoin conference in Vegas in 2014 and uh, told the entire Bitcoin audience of f over 500 people that they didn't need mining anymore. And while he got a standing ovation at mm. that presentation, uh, he didn't endear himself to the people whose livelihood depends on mining. It might be describing the Model T to a uh, buggy whip factory. You know, they're they're not going to be very interested in hearing that you don't need horses anymore. So uh, mm -hmm. that, that I think, uh, probably slowed down adoption, even to the point of uh, some people actively posing it, getting mentioned in various periodicals. But we have found our niche now uh, going around talking to CEOs who, you know, uh, have been building businesses on top of uh, hopes for the blockchain industry, and they're starting to deploy them. And hitting a brick wall of, wait a minute, I can't service my customers. The uh, networks are already saturated. They come running to us. We switch them over to BitShares in a matter of a, a month and or less. And uh, and suddenly they have clear sailing. So we expect to see that happen uh, quite a lot. All right. So one of my questions, Stan, is, you know, because I've used BitShares and I, there's, there's some things that kind of confuse me about it. Some of it is the, you know, it's a decentralized exchange. And, you know, so maybe ex explain what is that and then how can people best benefit from that? Because it almost sounds like we can exchange them for different coins in different places on different exchanges or something. But I've I've never quite figured out that. And then how those those market pegged assets work, because there's like USD BTC and Euro BTC and some of these other ones. And so it's kind of confusing for somebody, I think, who, who's just getting on that. So maybe if you could explain uh, the, the the decentralized uh, nature of uh, your exchange and then how maybe that works with some of those assets. Yeah, I'd be glad to. Yeah, it can be a little bit daunting because it's such a powerful system. But if you're speculating on uh, some sort of a kitty coin or speculating on a powerhouse like BitShares, you might want to take the time to understand all that. Now, when it comes to the average user, there's all kinds of uh, different uh, front ends that can be put onto it. Some are full featured. And just because they can do so much, uh, first time a person sees it, it can be a little intimidating. But there are other front end interfaces like at blocktrades.us, where it's just a simple little menu of what do you want to spend and what do you want to get? So the blockchain itself is not... Uh, is agnostic about what the front end is on it, and different companies are building different front ends. Now, what is a decentralized exchange? Well, most exchanges uh, that you visit require you to send them your coin. Uh, you physically 
mail it into them through the Bitcoin network or whatever. And now they have your coins stored under their private keys. And, you know, they're issuing you an IOU on their computer that you can trade like poker chips in a casino. And then you do all your trading back and forth while your coin is sitting in cold storage in their wallet where some hacker can get it and run off with it. Meanwhile, when you're done trading, then you turn in your poker chips and they give you back your coin, send it back to you. But the whole time that you have your coins on the exchange, you don't really own them, do you? They've got your coins. That's why a lot of people lose them. With BitShares, uh, you never give up your coins. They stay right on the blockchain under control of your keys. You can put them up for sale or trade. But until the instant that the trade is finalized, uh, they're sitting in your account. And three seconds later, they're sitting in the person you traded with's account. And at no time did they pass through a middleman who you know could do bad things like turn off trading in your particular coin while they manipulate the market and turn it back on hmm. or do front running or do any of the things, a partial reserve. I mean, how do we really know that once an exchange has a billion Bitcoins that uh, they haven't taken a half of them out and uh, you know done trading with them or something and treated you with a fractional reserve just enough to allow people to cash out. There's no way to know what they're really doing. Interesting. You know, uh, a full disclosure, uh, this is, uh, just so everybody knows, this is not a sponsored segment. Uh, this is just straight up interview. But, you know, Travis and I did mint uh, the bad coin on the BitShares platform. And I don't know about Travis, I, I've owned some BitShares for uh, for some time. Travis, are you holding BitShares as well? Uh, I have a few BitShares because you need to have them to do transactions on the BitShares network. I don't have a whole bunch of BitShares, no. Right. Yeah, I'm not I'm not like swimming in it, but I just I wanted to, you know, I think disclosure is a good idea. And I want you to know this, uh, Stan, as we're talking, uh, Michael Taggart, who uh, is involved with BitShares and is also a friend of the show, just sent me a link to an article that just and I mean just published on the Huffington Post. Uh, he contributed it, and the headline says "Cryptocurrency Bank Arise Bank to Acquire FDIC Insured Bank Partners with BitShares." Oh, what's that all about? <laughs> I guess it's out there. Well, that's that's one of our uh, announcements coming up in December, and it's a pretty big one. Uh, the neat thing about Arise Bank is they've got philosophically the same underpinnings as we do in terms of uh, you know, a, a strong uh, freedom stance and a desire for decentralization. Uh, they've implemented a whole bunch of really great bank uh, features. They had a really powerful uh, ICO in the summer. Uh, and since then, of course, the proceeds of that have grown spectacularly. So they got a lot of resources and decided rather than arguing with the banks, they just go buy one. And uh, that means that uh, they're going to be providing a lot of banking services on and off ramps into a company that is trustworthy in the digital currency sense because they've got the religion of decentralization. And they have uh, agreed to work with us to tie that into the BitShares network. And uh, that gives access to all the other smart coin products and, and a whole bunch of other really high quality offerings that we'll be announcing uh, this month and next and uh, so what we are seeing is, you know, you go from regular bank to decentralized bank to decentralized exchange to interfaces to all kinds of coins, including some really neat gold back offerings we'll be announcing this month, too. So that puts together a really nice network 
on which for everybody to build. And, and then we're integrating businesses into all that. Travis likes gold. He's he's a pirate. Yar. Yar, matey. That's true. <laughs> You've also talked about uh, you. So not only are you working with with, with bit shares, you know, you know the same. You know, your son also bit built Steam. He's also building EOS, and then you guys are also working on this thing called the Billion Hero campaign. What what exactly is the B, the the Billion Hero campaign? How does it work? Okay, well, to do that, I got to go back to another question that I managed to avoid answering: is what are smart coins uh, and uh, market pegged assets? And then uh, Hero is one of them. And uh, so I'll start there. The uh, idea of a market-pegged asset is that you can uh, back uh, one coin that's tracking a price feed with bit shares, and uh, it, it, the smart contract will guarantee that you can always redeem that coin for an equal number of bit shares. So you therefore get a stable coin. Which is much better than Tether, for example, which uh, disavows any responsibility to redeem anything. And yet a billion people have bought Tethers thinking it's going to store their money. And they don't promise to do that. Well, in this case, with bit shares and market pegged assets or what we call smart coins, the blockchain, the honest robots running the, the decentralized system are promising to pay you uh, a certain number of bit shares to guarantee that the price of the coin remains stable. And we have coins like that that track the dollar, the euro, uh, the yuan, gold, silver, Bitcoin, uh, baskets of currencies, lots of uh, smart products like that that are stabilized with respect to some definition. And the hero is our latest one. It's defined as the value of the U.S. dollar on December 23rd, 1913, plus 5 percent annually. And of course, uh, that date is a date that will live in infamy. That's when the Federal Reserve started printing money. And uh, mm -hmm. so uh, since then, the dollar has gone down to maybe 2 or 3% of its purchasing power in 1913, while today the hero is worth over $160 in 2017 dollars. So that shows what happens when you have honest money designed to appreciate as opposed to dishonest money designed to degrade in value over time. So that's why we defined it that way. But as a practical matter for the average person, like a member of the AARP who saved up a nest egg and then retired and uh, were hoping to live off the interest and they can only earn a half a percent at their local bank, they could buy a hero and earn 5%. So for that type of person, that's very useful. So that, that sort of is my answer to you. What are market pegged assets? What are smart coins? As far as the Billion Hero campaign is concerned, uh, we noticed that Bitcoin in the past few years has grown by more than a factor of a thousand, actually probably more than 4,000. Now, it's hard to keep track uh, of how fast it's growing. Ethereum's another example of a coin that's grown by more than a, a, a thousand. If you had a million dollars worth of Ethereum or Bitcoin a few years ago, you'd have a billion dollars worth now. If you had a thousand dollars worth, you'd have a million dollars worth now. So we say those two coins are members of the Million to Billion Club. And there's lots of other top-tier currencies that have done a factor of 10 or 100 growth over that time. BitShares is up by a factor of 75 this year. So the idea of currencies appreciating greatly is not all that ridiculous. And we think something as strong as BitShares, and keep in mind, BitShares processes more transactions than Ethereum or Bitcoin um, either one of them in terms of record transactions per day, 
with 99.9% of its processing power left over. So if anything's going to do a thousand X growth from here, it would be bit shares. And so we created a little contest called the billionherocampaign.com. And its purpose is to uh, basically take a million dollars that we said, a million dollars worth of bit shares that we set aside in escrow. And when bit shares grows by a factor of a thousand above that, uh, then we're going to give that away when it reaches a billion dollars in prizes. And we'll give it away to 12 good causes that are voted for by people who visit that site and vote. Mm. Well, the website is billionherocampaign.com if you guys want to visit it. And there's a video there um, and there's a link that says get notified, receive free coins. So, um, you know, go ahead and if you want to check that out, put your email and name in there, get on their list. And, and I guess when those become available, um, you guys will send out an email. So, you know, I've been meaning for some time to create a tutorial that explains how to create a, uh, a token and just, you know, new topics keep coming up and, and new guests and uh, news. And we've just not had time to really go into that. So now that we've got you here, why don't we talk a little bit about how somebody creates their own asset on the BitShares platform? Okay. It's really easy. It amounts to filling out a little dialogue box or form. Uh, you just go right into your wallet and select the tab uh, for defining an asset. And it, it'll have uh, fields to fill out for the name of the asset and uh, a little description of it. And then there's about uh, oh a dozen parameters you set, like uh, how many coins uh, are, are going to be available. Is it a fixed supply? Or are you allowed to modify the supply? If you pick fixed, the system will hold you to that. You can never change it again. It's a promise that gets enforced. But if uh, you got a certain kind of asset that doesn't need that, you can... Um, you can leave that unset, and then you can, for example, uh, one of our gold-backed coins, you know, is only limited by the amount of ounces of gold that the company can buy. So there's no upper limit, but they do promise that there's an ounce of gold in storage for every coin that's issued. So those are the kind of things you can set. You can set how many decimal points they have, uh, who can own the coin. There can be whitelisted so that only people who have done KYC AML can hold the coin. But if you don't care about that, you can leave that blank and anybody can trade it. So it literally is a matter of filling out that one little dialogue box. Uh, it has a few tabs that you can go through to, to finish filling out the definition of the coin. That whole process could take uh, take you 10 minutes once you've done it once. And uh, then you hit issue and boom, that coin is out there trading on the market that very day, that, that very hour. So uh, making coins right now is trivially easy. You don't have to go out and get the miners to adopt it. You don't have to go out and get the exchanges to adopt it. You can have your coin up and running, and its fate is then dependent only on your ability to market it. Well, so that's what we do with bad coin. We made ten billion of them. Travis and I did ten billion, billion bad coin. <laughs> and you know, when, so we're, but we're having to tell people. You know, we're giving them away. You know, they're not they're not for sale. Although some people have traded them on the exchanges. Um, you know, it's not a security. It's just it's a it's a free token. And if people choose to, you know, spend use it for spending at some point in the future, uh, good on them. But with this token on BitShares, how does somebody then trade it off of BitShares? How do they send it to somewhere another exchange? Well. Uh, any exchange that uh, offers BitShares product will have a BitShares wallet you can send it to. Uh, and so, you know, like, for example, Polonix, 
Uh, I can go on there and down under BitShares or BitUSD or whatever. Uh, there'll be a little place where it'll give you an address to send to or a name uh, to send to. And so you go into your BitShares wallet and type in the Polynex wallet name and uh, boom, it appears there. And then to bring it back, it's just reverse that process. So uh, moving it onto any other exchange is, uh, you know, just the same as moving your Bitcoins or any other uh, digital coin. Oh, see, I was under the impression that I could only move BTS, which is the symbol for BitShares, to an exchange like Poloniex. But you're saying that if I send Badcoin to my Poloniex BitShares account, Badcoin will show up there? Well, no. Uh, think of it as Poloniex is looking inside the BitShares uh, wallet to see which coins they want to list, uh, just like they look across the rest of the blockchains out there. And they may pick several from the BitShares system that they want to feature, but they won't uh, probably pick a coin that isn't intended to be uh, have a lot of volume that they can make money on. Since you give away your bad coin for free, they say, well, no one's going to pay to trade it, so we won't bother listing it. Got it. So I, so it, it, right now, BitShares is the, the DEX itself is where people could trade bad coin. Yeah, and that's kind of neat, right? Because there's no gatekeepers or exchanges telling you whether your coin is good enough. Right. Yeah. We're good enough, Travis, right? We're good enough, doggone it. And people like us. Hey, I have a question. I, I would be remiss without asking this, right? Because we like to see both sides of the stories. We like to talk about and really and dive in and see what's going on. Because I know back in October, um, you know, Bitrix, they eliminated a few different cryptos from their exchanges from being traded on there. And then that dropped BitShares because I guess there was some SEC uh, demand to stop certain coins from being traded on Bit Bitrix because they're viewed as securities. What was the whole deal behind that with, with the SEC thing? And what is what has transpired since then, since then, because they were they were act, actually looking like, hey, you can't be trading these Bitrix. And then wh why was that? And then what's happened since then to uh, to maybe make them change their mind? Well, I'm not allowed to talk about that. In order to get them to even answer the phone, I had to sign an NDA that would promise not to divulge anything we talked about. So I can't talk about that. I can categorically deny that the SEC had any problem with BitShares whatsoever at uh the txsrb.org, that's the token exchange self-regulating body uh, run by uh, John Godson Company, they uh, certified BitShares as one of the very first clean coins, uh, whitelisted as uh, not a security and not having any trouble. And they have verified that through uh, their contacts with uh, lawyers that have worked for the SEC. So... Uh, you know, uh, that was just a rumor launched. It uh, was a conveniently timed rumor, a suspiciously timed rumor. But nevertheless, uh, at the very day, they decided to delist two unknown coins plus one of the top 10 most traded coins in the world. They This mm -hmm. other rumor came out. So uh, there's been a lot of speculation about uh, whether that was intentional or not. I'm not going to fuel that speculation. I'm merely going to put out all the rumors that came out that day. And as you can see, a lot of people ran away from that rumor and it hurt our uh, share price for a, a couple months. But now we're roaring back. And that's even before we start announcing uh, December's massive set of new business and new users that are coming. Well, there's uh, 2.6 billion bit shares. Uh, is that the total that'll ever be uh, 2.604850? Uh, no, there's another about a billion that are locked up in escrow that are the operating capital of the company. So uh, that can't be spent very easily. Uh, 
But if a little bit of it, a tiny little sliver of it is put into circulation to fund the people that are running the computers on which the network operates. And then if there's a few more little projects that have been proposed to the community to do things like uh, fix bugs and polish the user interface and and uh, do a little bit of, of spokesmanship uh, type functions uh, with, the, with the world. And if it's popular enough to get enough votes, then the system will automatically pay the designated amount of those bit shares from that pool. Mm. Well, it's at 29 cents right now, uh, just, you know, for when we're recording this. Who knows where it's going to be by the time you hear this, because in the crypto world, you know, gravity doesn't exist. Things just float up and down like crazy. The market cap is about $762 million. Uh, And you shared that there's some things coming. Can you kind of give us the big vision uh, for BitShares? Where do you see this going in the next three, five, ten years? Well, the insanely great thing is that it doesn't depend on just one company's vision. There are lots of independent companies that are building on bit shares. But what we have done with cryptonomics is align ourselves with some other uh, entrepreneurs to create a new company called Iperion. And that company is particularly good at going out into the industry and sitting down in boardrooms and uh, asking the question uh, with your new coin categories that's coming out, uh, how many transactions do you need? Have you thought about the train wreck that's coming in the coming year as everybody tries to use Bitcoin seven transactions per second or Ethereum's 25 transactions per second? Uh, they were just bragging the other day that they reached 10 transactions per second. So I'm not sure what the real number is, but that particular group of people I'm allied with are going from boardroom to boardroom to boardroom doing rescue operations. Uh, pointing out to pe- to people who are about to launch big coins that uh, they have a kitty coin problem and that they should probably move on to a real-time blockchain. And we're getting tremendous response from that. Uh, so you're going to hear about five different big companies with millions of customers and, and companies that are bringing millions of dollars worth of uh, free giveaways and prizes and all kinds of interesting things and gold-backed assets and and bank interfaces uh, and uh, entire uh, projects uh, for humanitarian purposes. They're just a long list. We want to you know, announce them one at a time uh, and, and have each one of them have its day in the sun separately. But there's a long string. I don't think it will run out because I think they're queuing up faster than uh, we can announce them at this point. But uh, that will be the thing that makes a difference from BitShares because every one of them is uh, adopting a model where their large revenue streams are going to be buying bit shares as part of their uh, investment strategy. And then they'll be using those to back their coin in order to grow their coin faster as bit shares grows from the combined growth of the revenue stream of every one of those companies. So uh, we are super bullish on BitShares right now. Yeah, I remember from, from our first conversation that we had really early on with Bad Crypto, we were chatting with with Michael Taggart. And, um, you know, he, he basically, he was the one that, who helped us walk through and create our bad coin and, and kind of did some, some demos. And we talked about the original BitShares platform there. So BitShares is, is pretty much a decentralized company, right? There is no like BitShares headquarters, pretty much. I think from what he had said that there's, there's technically no, maybe no BitShares employees. Is that, is that an accurate statement? Yeah, we call it an unmanned company. Uh, earlier in the podcast, I mentioned, uh, Bitcoin and the three laws of robotics, it describes what an unmanned company is and the whole vision that it's incorruptible if you keep the people out of it. 
And that's what Bitcoin is, a very simple unmanned company. And BitShares is one of the most sophisticated unmanned companies in the world today. And everybody else out there that's a manned company is about to use its services because there's no middleman and zero friction uh, between for economic transactions. So it sort of sits in the middle as, uh, for the first time, an honest level playing field with honest money uh, and a chance to bypass the people in this world that feel that they have a right to interfere with every economic transaction out there. Well, isn't it even more decentralized then than Bitcoin? Because Bitcoin, you know, you've got some people like the Winklevosses that, you know, they, they own, you know, what is it, 1% or something. Uh, they have a huge, huge stake in it. And, you know, you've got Satoshi out there with his million Bitcoin probably. And then you've got, you know, the Chinese miners what account for 80%. I mean, there's kind of uh, a centralization going on there. Well, no, I would say that Bitcoin is as decentralized as the Federal Reserve, our central bank. If you think about it, uh, it takes there are seven governors of the Federal Reserve, takes four of them to change policy. Bitcoin has four uh, mining nodes, four CEOs of those four companies who collectively hash over half of the hash power out there, sign over half of the blocks. So four company CEOs in China have the same power as the four governors of the Federal Reserve. Bitcoin is as centralized as the Federal Reserve. Mm-hmm. Well, you've been uh, listening to our conversation with Stan Larimer, um, and his site that we're going to link to is the billionherocampaign.com. But the BitShares uh, Dex is at bitshares.org. And of course, if you want bad coin, you have to sign up at bitshares.org. Create a wallet. The online wallet is real simple to create. And then go to our Facebook page at uh, badco.in forward slash. Is it just Facebook? Travis, I don't even know the URL. Or is it just Facebook.com forward slash bad crypto? That's even easier. Yeah, that's our, that's Go our there. Facebook page, yeah. Right. So on the page, you'll see a, a sticky post at the top that says, hey, put your BitShares username here and we'll throw 50,000 worthless bad coin your way. You know, and uh, who doesn't want 50,000 of something, even if it's worthless? <laughs> so uh, anyway, thanks, Stan, so much for joining us. We really appreciate your time today. It's my pleasure. Thank you. Yeah, we just need your bet. We just need your BitShares ID so we can load you up on some worthless bad coin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mr. Travis Wright, what does Santa say about uh, BitShares? Ho, 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 hodl. <laughs> I figured he'd say ho, 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 BitShares. <laughs> Oh, 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 bitch airs. Yeah, that's probably right. That was great talking to Stan, and we do need to get his son Dan on in the near future. We're lining up a bunch of really great people that are going to be on the show. And, you know, with as much content as we're putting out, we have a lot of things we still want to teach you, and we want to talk about news and answer your questions, but we also want to seize the opportunity to bring these uh, interviews to you. And coming up later this week, uh, in a future episode, we were able to speak with the team from Crypto Kitties, Axiom Zen, and uh, they're going to be here as well. So lots of good stuff, Mr. Travis Wright. So good. I mean, I can't believe that Warren Buffett's coming on our show and Bill Gates and Obama. Like, it's just unbelievable that these guys are coming on. So grateful. Future episodes. All right, gang. Well, thanks as always for listening. We hope that this holiday season finds you full of uh, cheer and surrounded by people that you love and uh, boatloads of crypto that are getting put on a rocket so they can go to the moon. You stay bad or you're going to swim with the fishes. 
Bad Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of Bitcoins and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor. Oh, no. <clears throat> hey, Travis. Hey, what? <laughs> <laughs> Go watch The Godfather. It's classic. I don't want if, you, if, if you don't, you're going to end up with a horse's head in your bed. I don't care about that. I'm trying to figure out this crypto shit.